This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, truth seekers. Welcome to another episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and I will be your host. We got episode 290 for you today, entitled, The Self-Declaration, I Am He, in Isaiah. Yes, we're continuing our new series that is examining the phrase, I am, or more specifically, I am He, which is the self-designation of Yahweh, the God of Israel. Now, the goal of this particular series in trying to discern the meaning of the self-declaration, I am he, is to understand what God is saying about himself, to better understand whether the phrase was reserved for God alone, to discern how Jewish interpreters understood the sacredness of this particular phrase, and most importantly, whether Jesus, by saying the phrase, I am he, was actually making a claim to be Yahweh himself. So we have a lot on the table for this particular series. Now this episode is going to focus on examining the largest hub of passages where Yahweh uses the self-declaration, I am he, which is located in the book of Isaiah. Now I'm going to issue the same warning that I gave in the last episode that because we're going to be looking at some words in the Hebrew and the Greek, there's going to be a little bit of technicality to this particular presentation. I'll do my best to explain the meaning of these particular words for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the biblical languages, but you may find the need to stop and pause in order to take a few notes. That's okay. Take your time. That's fine. So the question I want to begin by asking is, what is the relevance of Yahweh making the self-designation, I am he, within the book of Isaiah? And what does the term mean for better understanding the uniqueness of the God of Israel? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My first point today is looking at the I am he passages in Isaiah. We're just going to start in the earliest occurrence and just work our way through Isaiah. Now it is very important to note that all of the I am he self-designations in the book of Isaiah come in the section of Isaiah, Isaiah chapters 40 through 55. You might find that interesting if you are involved in the studies of the dating of Isaiah. So the first one is in Isaiah 41, verse 4. And I should also point out that I am going to consistently translate the phrase, I am he, because that's how you would put these two very simple pronouns. And not every single English translation is going to render the phrase, I am he, the same in each of these passages. So you might find that your version might have this reference or it might not have this reference in the various passages that we look at. So again, the first passage to look at, Isaiah 41, verse 4, which says, 
who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth the generations from the beginning. I, Yahweh, am the first, and with the last, I am he. That's Isaiah 41, verse 4. So there we have the phrase, I am he. Just like we saw in last week's episode, this comes from the Hebrew phrase, Ani Hu. Now, Ani is just the first person pronoun, I, and Hu is the third person pronoun, he. Literally, it's I, he, but they put the verb to be in there in order to round it out. I am he. Now, the Greek translators put this as egoimi, and that's going to be important when we consider this phrase later. So what's going on in this passage? Well, it's clear that in Isaiah 40 through 55, God is making several declarations that are polemically motivated. So within the context, Yahweh is actively challenging the claims made by the Babylonian gods who supposedly are trying to prove their superiority because Babylon was able to conquer the children of Israel and bring them into exile. So Yahweh is claiming here to be the one, especially in the context, who aroused Persia to conquer Babylon. You can see that a few verses earlier. And Yahweh, in this present passage, takes the opportunity to defend his claim to be the true God. He is the first, he will be with the last, and he has accomplished and performed it. And in doing so, he claims his self-designation, I am he. So as a God who has the power prior to Babylon and the God who is still in power after Persia's rise to prominence, Yahweh can claim to be the first and with the last. These adjectives, first and last, make sense in the context of proving that Yahweh is greater than both Babylon and Persia, because Yahweh was in power before Babylon rose to prominence, and Yahweh still is in power after Persia is now rising to prominence. So in this particular passage, I'm making a list of the number of singular references. We're trying to define Yahweh and see how Yahweh defines himself. So in Isaiah 41 verse 4, we can see five total singular references. In Hebrew, there are three singular pronouns and two singular adjectives used to refer to Yahweh. Let's move to our next passage, Isaiah 43 verse 10, which says, You are my witnesses, declares Yahweh, and my servant, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. That's Isaiah 43, verse 10. So again, Yahweh is using the Hebrew self-designation Anihu, and the Greek translator rendered this into ego in me. What's going on in this passage? Well, due to the fears of the exiles who regard Yahweh as powerless before the mighty pagan nations, Yahweh has to step up here and call the exiles to witness and to recall his former salvific acts. By claiming that there was no God before him, 
and that there will be none after him. Yahweh, of course, is claiming to be the only true God. Now, this passage in Hebrew has eight singular references to define Yahweh. Two singular pronouns, one singular verb, and five singular suffixes used to refer to Yahweh. Let's move to our third passage, Isaiah 43, verse 13, where Yahweh says, Even from eternity I am He, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? That's Isaiah 43, verse 13. Again, we have the typical Hebrew phrase, anihu, meaning I am he. And in this passage, Yahweh is claiming to be so powerful that no other person can overpower him and take what is his. And as the true God, Yahweh steers the events of history no one can even challenge his mighty acts or reverse the deeds that he has enacted. That's the claim that he is making in regard to his unique status as the only true God. Now, within the Hebrew of this particular verse, we find four singular references, including two singular pronouns, anihu, a singular verb, and a singular suffix used to describe Yahweh's person. A little bit later in the same chapter, we have Isaiah 43, verse 25, where he says, I, I am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. That's Isaiah 43, verse 25. Now, the Hebrew here does not have the phrase that we're used to, which is anihu. It actually has an alternative form of the Hebrew first-person pronoun, which is anoki. Those that have learned biblical Hebrew know that the first-person pronoun has two different forms. There is ani, and there's also anoki. So it's still saying, I am, he, but as we saw in the English, where it says I, I am he, that first-person pronoun is actually repeated. So we have anoki, anoki, who. Now what's interesting is that in Greek, they didn't just say, I, I am he. They actually used egoimi, I am, twice to translate this particular instance. That's interesting. So in Greek, it actually says, egoimi, egoimi. That's quite fascinating. So what's going on in this passage? Well, Yahweh claims the role of of the divine judge who can forgive sins, particularly the sins that led the children of Israel into the Babylonian exile. And in doing so, Yahweh exerts his right to forget the former transgressions that the Israelites committed. Now, in the Hebrew of this particular passage, we find six singular references used to refer to Yahweh. Three singular pronouns, two singular verbs, and one singular suffix. Moving along, let's look at Isaiah 46, verse 4, where Yahweh says, Even to your old age, I am he, and even to your graying years, I will bear you. 
I have done it, and I will carry you, and I will bear you, and I will deliver you. That's Isaiah 46, verse 4. So we're back to the typical Hebrew phrase, anihu, in this particular passage. But what's interesting is that the Jewish Greek translator that took this and put it into the Septuagint used the phrase egoimi twice in the passage. Once to translate our phrase anihu, but another time later in the passage. So what's actually going on in this verse? Well, we can see that after arguing that the Babylonian gods are powerless, Yahweh submits to the readers that he will offer his unceasing support, namely to Israel, no matter their age, no matter how old they are. He will do it in their old age and when they are graying in their years. Now, this passage, as we've noted with the many references to the first person pronoun, we actually have 11 singular references to Yahweh in the Hebrew. In this verse alone, we have six singular pronouns and five singular verbs. Let's look at our next passage, which is Isaiah 48, verse 12, which is, Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel whom I called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. That's Isaiah 48, verse 12. So in Hebrew, we have our characteristic phrase, anihu. And in the Greek, we have egoimi, translating anihu. And actually, in the passage, we actually have egoimi used twice to translate the reference to God. Once, particularly in regard to anihu, but another time, egoimi appears later in the verse to describe Yahweh's person. So in this passage, Yahweh is again making the claim that he is in control of the course of Jewish history. And in doing so, he claims the adjectives first and last. This is something that he's done in a previous passage, so we're seeing it again here. And of course, within the Hebrew of Isaiah 48 verse 12, we have many singular references, nine in total, including four singular pronouns, one singular verb, two singular adjectives, and two singular suffixes that refer to Yahweh. Moving along, we have Isaiah 51 verse 12, where God says, I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies and of the son of man who is made like grass? That's Isaiah 51 verse 12. So, we have here this double reference to I. We have the I, I am he. And we don't have ani who here. We have, again, this alternative first-person pronoun, ano ki. But since the first-person pronoun appears twice, that's because the first-person Hebrew pronoun also appears twice. So in Hebrew, it's ano ki, ano ki who. Now, what's interesting is that the Greek translator took this and he made it into ego in me, ego in me. He actually said, I am, I am, 
twice in order to translate this phrase, I, I am he. So the Hebrew has three references there to God's singularity, and the Greek translator said, three is not enough, let's make it four. What's going on in this passage? Well, Yahweh offers his assurance of comfort, which is hoping to ease the concerns of the Jewish exiles who fear other human beings. Now, we can see here that man is described in the parallelism as the son of man. Son of man is not a messianic title here. It's just another way of describing humanity, humanity that is mortal, humanity that's able to die, that is made like grass. So the son of man here is not a technical term like we see in Daniel 7. It's just a parallel for man, for humanity. In the Hebrew of this particular passage, we count four singular references, including three singular pronouns and one singular verb that Yahweh uses to describe himself. And the last passage that we'll look at is Isaiah 52, verse 6, which rounds out our I am he passages in the book of Isaiah. This passage reads, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day I am he who is speaking, here I am. That's Isaiah 52, verse 6. So the Hebrew, we have the typical phrase, anihu. And in Greek, we have a very literal translation of this anihu for the first time. The Greek translator put it as ego imi oftos, which is I, the first person singular pronoun, imi, which is the verb to be in the first person. And then we have the third person pronoun. So I am he, literally. What's going on in this passage? Well, the person of Yahweh cannot be separated from his own salvific acts. So on the day that he decides to intervene to deliver Israel and restore Zion, they will know and understand that, as he says, I am he, meaning I am the one who is doing this. I am the one who is intervening and delivering you. It is me. It is I. And as the passage ends, of course, he says here, I am. Now, in the Hebrew of this passage, we count six singular references that Yahweh uses to describe himself, including two singular pronouns, one singular verb, and three singular suffixes. Now, as a reminder, with all of these singular references used to describe Yahweh, what does the book of Isaiah wants you to understand about this particular person. So Isaiah 64 verse 8 has the speaker talk to Yahweh and say, O Yahweh, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are the work of your hand. So there in Isaiah 64 verse 8, Yahweh is described as the Father. So when Yahweh is claiming all of these singular references for himself, who is this one person who is Yahweh? It is the Father, the Father alone. The one person who is Yahweh just is the Father, and the Father just is Yahweh. So by looking at the eight references there to where Yahweh says, I am he within the book of Isaiah, we've actually 
read through all of the occurrences within the Hebrew Old Testament, if we include this episode and the previous episode. So it, I thought it'd be good for us to summarize the use of I am he within the Old Testament. This is actually our second point. Point number two, summarizing the use of I am he in the Hebrew Old Testament. So what have we discovered? Well, for one, we've discovered that Yahweh, in fact, uses this self-declaration, I am he, to describe his unique role as the only true God. In doing so, he regularly speaks about his eternality, his unrivaled power, and the fact that he has no equals among the so-called gods of the nations. We also discovered in last week's episode that King David, a human being, was able to utter the phrase, I am he, in a casual self-reference. Torah David was pretty much meaning, I am he, I am the guy, it is I, I am the one that we're talking about. It's a casual self-reference. Now it's important to recall that there was no issue with David, a man, a human being, making this claim. No one accused him of committing blasphemy, as if he couldn't utter these words that Yahweh has been uttering. No one thought that David was claiming to be God. No one accused David of taking a title that belongs to Yahweh alone and that David was using it for himself. There was no issue with a human being saying, I am he, as a casual self-reference, especially in a context where there was no way that the reader could ever conclude that David is wanting to be understood as Yahweh. In fact, in the verse, David clearly was distinguished from Yahweh because he was talking to Yahweh, someone other than himself. We also noted that when the Jewish translators of the Septuagint took the Hebrew phrase, I am he, and they put it into Greek, they almost always used the Greek phrase, egoimi, which as a reminder is the first person singular pronoun with the first person verb to be. And this use of egoimi to translate the self-designation, I am he, applied to almost every single instance where Yahweh used it in the book of Isaiah, but also it was used to when the human King David made the casual self-reference, I am he. That's very important to understand is that egoimi, as a translation for I am he, was used to translate God's self-designation and also the casual self-designation of a human being who was clearly distinguished from Yahweh that wasn't speaking the words in a way that was trying to claim to be Yahweh himself. And this use of the self-designation was acceptable. It was not considered to be blasphemous in any manner. So in conclusion, we have observed that in our eight passages within Isaiah chapters 40 through 55, we noted that Yahweh consistently reminded the Jewish exiles that he alone is the true God, and all other pagan gods are powerless to interfere with his saving 
and redeeming works. We also concluded that in these eight passages, there were 53 total singular references, proving that Yahweh is only one person, a single self. We also noted that the phrase, I am he, refers to a single person. It's a singular reference. It has two singular pronouns used to describe Yahweh himself. So whoever is speaking the phrase, I am he, is only one person, not two or three persons. In other words, when Yahweh claims the self-designation, I am he, this is a claim that is inconsistent with Benetarianism or Trinitarianism, which argues that God is two or three persons. And lastly, we ask the question, who is this person that Yahweh claims to be? We saw that, according to Isaiah, this person is the Father alone, proving yet again that when Yahweh says, I am he, he is claiming to be a Unitarian God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week as we continue to explore this self-designation, I am he, particularly in how the Jews understood the phrase within the rabbinic period, which will allow us to have the context to better understand the Jewish sensitivities that were associated with this particular phrase. We could ask the question, how quick were the Jews in the rabbinic period to accuse someone of blasphemy for uttering Yahweh's personal self-declaration, I am he? This, of course, will give us the context in order to better understand the responses to Jesus' claim to be I am he within the New Testament. So please look forward to our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we aim to promote the sound truths about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. You can support us absolutely for free by subscribing on YouTube and iTunes, by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends, and by giving us an honest review online. If you'd like to offer a financial donation, please check out the episode's description for a link to PayPal. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, please take care.